Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for the opening, the opening drive. All right, so I think that we can refer to it as Justin Fields fever. There's been a race <laughs> to try to find him a nickname. Franchise Fields is as good as any bus. Uh, I think Boomer Esiason tr- called him the bullet train. There are a lot of possibilities. <laughs> But it is a chance for him to play against a team he grew up rooting for in Georgia as a young boy. Now he's a grown man, and he is a threat to be reckoned with. And he makes this game as interesting uh, as any player who will be on the field. Dan, this has been a week of continued hype, as we alluded to. Kind of interesting to consider a lot of things when it comes to Justin Fields this week. No question, right? I mean, there is. There's a lot of layers to the Justin Fields storyline this week. The, the storyline for Justin himself is, all right, how can I continue to build on the momentum that I've shown and hopefully uh, eventually here break through with a victory that sort of puts some punctuation on some of this growth. Uh, but look, like we're going to walk into a building where the man who drafted Justin Fields is going to be an observer, right? And and Ryan Pace uh, was so convicted in his second big swing at drafting a quarterback in Justin Fields that he jumped up 10 slots and was confident that he had landed the quarterback that was going to change the Bears' future. Now, in Pace's eyes, David, he thought that was going to change the Bears' future for him, right? Like that they were going to be able to to watch this thing unfold and and carry into the future, and they're going to be able to oversee his development. We all know the reasons that that didn't happen, and we can get into more depth on those because I think they're relevant to the 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 place that the Bears are now and the place the Bears maybe could have been. Uh, but I can't even imagine the conflicting emotions that have to be inside Ryan Pace's head and inside his gut as he's watching this player that he believes so strongly in tear up the NFL for the team that he was fired by uh, just, you know, 10 short months ago. Well, tell me this is wrong. If While we play the hypothetical game, tell me this is wrong that if Ryan Pace, who was convicted enough about what he saw in Justin Fields to trade up to get him to draft him, had he drafted Justin Fields where he did and then delivered an edict to and a mandate to Matt Nagy, who was his coach at the time, you will play Justin Fields from day one, he will enter mini camp. He will enter training camp. He will enter week one as your starter because this is where we go- are going, and this is the this is who we're latching our jobs to, our careers to, and we're going to go as far as he takes us. 
What do you think might have been different? Well, but he, here's my issue from the, the, the starting point of that hypothetical is you have to go higher up the food chain on this because you have to remember what led the Bears to draft Justin Fields. And it's that they came out of the 2020 season in this weird, weird state of limbo, right? Like they, they, they had stolen this, this seventh-seeded playoff berth that tricked some folks inside the building here at House Hall into believing that everything was just fine and that they were still a championship-contending team that just needed to get their, their, their footing and run into 2021 and, and make another run at the playoffs. And so what happens is you have this situation where you remember the infamous press conference coming out of the 220, 2020 season with George McCaskey and Ted Phillips basically telling you everything's all right and everything that you saw in 2020 that worried you was no problem. And just don't worry about it because we've got faith in the collaboration of Ryan and Matt. And, and Matt and Ryan are, are great working together and they're going to lead this, this organization back to stardom. At the same time, they didn't give them that vote of confidence in terms of job security, right? And so Ryan Pace can't make that edict to Matt Nagy, do this or else, because both men waltzed into that draft believing that they had to be a, a, a competitive winning football team in 2021 to save their jobs. And so weeks before they draft Justin Fields, they sign Andy Dalton. And the plan was Andy Dalton can be functional enough and experienced enough and veteran enough to give us a chance to be in the playoff race, right? If we start a rookie who's obviously going to uh, show flashes of brilliance, but also have have difficulty consistently winning games as a rookie goes through the, 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 the growing pains of being a rookie quarterback in the National Football League, you are setting yourself up, right? If you, it, it, I know there's this revisionist history, right? Like that Matt Nagy should have started Justin Fields from day one. Well, guess Guess what happens? They go five and twelve, and he gets fired, right? And so his options were go five and twelve with a rookie and get fired, or try to start a veteran that you believe in and try to get to nine or ten wins and save your job, and then start the Justin Fields experience. But that, David, is is why I think this conversation is so fascinating because it's all about where your timelines are at and why can't the Bears ever get their timelines matched up so that this stuff works in a fluid manner. Okay, so what's a better hypothetical? You've been talking to people. You've been considering what this may or may not have been uh, like with Justin Fields and Ryan Pace. And Pace's presence there, I think, is a more obvious uh, trigger for the imagination than, say, Phil Emery, who was also on the staff in the front office. That seemed like a very long time ago. Ryan Pace <laughs> So long ago, just last year. So what to you is a more feasible, if you will, hypothetical to consider? Yeah, I mean, I think the hypothetical is what if George and Ted had, you know, supported their support of Ryan and Matt in that in that post 2020 press conference by saying they have vowed to us that they're going to get the quarterback position right, which they said they would. And because we believe in them to get the quarterback position right, we are going to give them time to see the development of said quarterback through. Now, you can argue that it wouldn't have been the right thing to do to entrust Justin Fields' development to Matt Nagy, given everything that we experienced in, in his four-year run as coach. But you also have to ask yourself, what would that have looked like, right? Like, what would that have possibly done for the Bears if they had been able to uh, acknowledge that the rebuild had to start a year earlier, right? And so then you could have started Justin's development basically a year earlier. I know he got 10 starts as a rookie, but we all know how disjointed and how sloppy that was after a training camp where he was, you know, not 
featured. He was not going to be the starter. There was no reason to put him in that role. Well, now you've delayed the experiences that he needed to gain to kind of hit the runway that he's on now. And now what you've done by delaying that is you've you've wasted a year of his rookie contract, right? And so that's what folks around the league who look at this from a, a neutral objective uh, viewpoint see is they say, man, like in the not too distant future, you're going to have to guarantee Justin Fields like $280 million, right? To, to, to continue to be your quarterback. And so you have to know what the window looks like to do other things with your roster and able to be competitive. And so you, you, I, I think you can feel the, the tug of war there and the push and pull of that, that makes this very complicated because the bears now are in a situation where people are loving the explosions that Justin Fields is providing every Sunday, but yet they're content with the idea that this team is three and seven and has almost none of their roster solidified for the future that supposedly is going to be so bright with Justin as the leader. Yeah, that's very interesting. And I think a lot of people are, are looking at, we'll, we'll see Ryan Pace and they get triggered still by Matt Nagy and, <laughs> um, you know, the what he, the damage he may have done to Justin Fields. Dan Bernstein went on a pretty strong rant the other day right. or just because the mere presence. I'll, I'll tell you this, and I know this is, this is maybe not just to be a contrarian, but I... Um, I look at Justin Fields and what we have seen in terms of this past month, especially, and I and I really did think this coming out of the draft. I don't know as much as I can acknowledge that the way they handled Justin Fields wasn't the way that you develop a, a first round draft choice at quarterback, a guy who's now your franchise guy. I, and I think that he didn't show the pliability in terms of the, the, the schematic approach that Luke Getty certainly has. I don't think that Justin Fields – I think he still could have been a very good quarterback if Matt Nagy would have stayed. I think eventually we would have seen this talent surface. Somehow, some way, it was inevitable. I think the inevitability of Justin Fields makes me feel like that he would have succeeded regardless of the coach. And when I call him scheme proof in terms of, you know, from a defensive standpoint, coming, uh, trying to prepare for him. I also think that might apply to offensively. Now, certainly this scheme has brought out his talents because they've leaned into them more. Nice. Yes. I'm not fully convinced that eventually that wouldn't have happened anyway. No, in shape or form. And that's why it gets fascinating, right? Because, you know, listen, I had a discussion with someone that I, I won't name on the podcast, but it, it, it's somebody that is uh, one of the few people in Chicago that would probably uh, register as a Nagy apologist, I guess, at some point, or at least a, a pro Nagy supporter, right? And his argument earlier this week was, can you imagine what it would have been like during the Mitch Trubisky era if you replaced Mitch Trubisky, right? Like during his run under Matt Nagy with Justin Fields. And now all of a sudden you have a quarterback who – once a half turns something small into something big, whether it's an off script play or just like, like last week, the, the 67 yard touchdown run, the bears weren't trying to get 67 yards out of that play, right? Like they were trying to get a first down with a run around the edge and, and Justin used his gifts and turned it into a 67 yard touchdown. And now Luke gets, looks like a genius. And so, so the, the argument was, can you imagine if Matt Nagy had that as at his disposal and the bears were scoring 27 points on a regular basis, just because the quarterback was capable of getting you, you know, 10 to 14 points a game, just based on purely on his gifts. And it's a fascinating uh, thought to entertain because then it leads you down the, the path of this and I'll, I'll throw this at you can you imagine if the 2018 chicago bears had second year justin fields as their quarterback instead of second year mitch trubisky can you imagine well i i do think that it would make the ceiling higher 
I do want to be respectful of the fact that that was kind of before Mitch began to slide. That was when Chicago no still embraced and loved Mitch because he was, and I know everything is relative, but he was a Pro Bowl alternate that year. So he wasn't, he wasn't like ditch Mitch. No <laughs> doubt. So, but I do, I, I will allow you this, that possibility, that fun hypothetical makes you wonder how good they could have been because of yes. the explosive nature that they didn't have. Trubisky in that, in that season was more maybe game manager than he was gate attraction, right? And I think that's the big part. With that defense, right. Allen Robinson, with Justin Fields, we're talking about a Super Bowl contender. That defense that le- that had 50 sacks and led the league in takeaways, now you pair that up with a quarterback who at any given moment could erupt for a 60-yard a, a touchdown run or a 50-yard touchdown pass, and you say, oh, my God, right? Like, And then, and then, you're, then you're in Chicago Bears' dreamland, which is, is a place that, that we don't visit often, but it's, it's intriguing to visit in a week like this because of all the things we're talking about. And I also just – you know, it just leads me back to the idea um, – Somebody in the league brought this up to me this week, and and it's it's just kind of a okay maybe right like the Bears took a championship defense and they missed their window with it right we we can, we, we can firmly argue that 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 2018 defense and and what they were going into 2019 they missed their window now if you if you are the the biggest fearful Bears fan on earth, you have to fear that they're going to miss their window with Justin because he's going to be supported by, uh, you know, not enough talent, not enough defense, not enough support for this to reach the heights that the ultimate goal is, right? And that's to, to add another Lombardi trophy to this building or at least add a couple championship banners, division, whatever else it may be, conference, you know, you know how it works here. But like they're, 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 that, that, that timing misalignment circles back you mentioned the rant that dan bernstein went on on the score and my argument my countering him to that is you're not going high enough on the food chain because of the reasons we talked about just a few minutes ago that matt nagy was kind of forced into a corner to try to do something to save himself that didn't put justin field's development and the long-term future of this organization in the right priority order right and so here we are right and 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 now we're trying to figure out how how the bears can maximize this surge this one month surge that justin has been on to make sure that it that it reaches its full potential because man the last month has shown you that some amazing things are possible it's it's fun to consider and i think you've tapped into george mccaskey's imagination because that is his dream scenario he's the only guy that you look at or the most influential guy who was here then and is still here now and he Ted. can remember what it was like in 2018 when you had the defense that was championship caliber. You had an offense that was, frankly, serviceable enough to go further than the first gate round of the playoffs. And if you add a component to that that is an exclusive, explosive quarterback, that's what you want. And that's what you haven't had. And I think that if you put both of those things together at the same time, that's the challenge in front of Ryan Poles. When you do that, then you've got – then you've got a championship caliber football team. Whether it's Sunday or whether it's up the road, I would really love to pick Ryan Pace's brain a little bit on this, uh, on all the things that we've talked about and and just see like from afar how he's kind of processing this all because it has to be very strange and, and, and very awkward for him to realize that someone else is 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 getting all the profits of, of the plan he put in place in the 2021 offseason. Last question before we move on. Knowing Pace the way you do, I got to know him too. I covered you know him since he got here in 2015 you were here for every step along the way yeah i felt like there were a couple times during his seven years that he could have been fired and actually called for it do you feel like he left 
with any tinge of bitterness? Do you think that he felt like he got a fair shot? Because I certainly do. Yeah, I, I don't think there's much bitterness. I think probably human nature says there's going to be a little bit, right? You, you just feel unfinished business and you know that that you were on the verge of something really special when you came out of 2018 and then it just all backpedaled and derailed. But I think Ryan understands that. Look, like he got a chance to to have two coaches. He got a chance to swing twice at quarterbacks. He had seven years, right? Like it wasn't like he lacked time or freedom, right? Like they let him do just about anything he wanted, which in some cases was bad. It's what led to them, him drafting Mitch Trubisky in, 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 in a very very unorthodox fashion with the way that the draft process went that year. But he also put up this beautiful uh, expansion here at Hellas Hall because he had a vision and they said, go for it. Right. And so I don't think that there's a, a much bitterness as much as maybe it's, it's just a man what might have been feeling that will always be there. And I hope he gets another chance. Executives don't always get that second bite the way coaches do. I don't know that he will, but it would be nice if he did. He has always been a good guy to deal with. No doubt. He's he's likable from a personal standpoint. Professionally, though, his time was done, and they had to move on when they did. 